Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, folks. Thank you for tuning in. We're talking with Karen Veely, the senior investigative reporter at calcosnews.com. She's got a very significant story, two very significant stories this week uh, about cannabis. Uh, You want to look for the one on June 19th. Lawsuit accuses Central Coast retailer of trafficking cannabis, basically trafficking cannabis in the black market instead of paying taxes. And on June 21st, uh, a story dropped, Central Coast Cannabis Industry in Crisis. And that is about the uh, Board of Supervisors. And the Board of Supervisors is looking at the tax that the county is levying on cannabis. And uh, uh, Karen, uh, they, there was a four-to-one vote to do something about the tax. What was the tax before uh, on cannabis sales? It was 8%, and it was already voted years ago to make it go to 10% on July 1st. And this was just a county tax. This was the county tax on the cannabis. They then, um, they first they voted not to put the 2% raise in. So the the originally it was at eight percent and it was going to go to ten percent this next year. Yes. And so, was there a sudden public outcry that this was too high a tax, or was it put on the agenda by by the staff to uh, reconsider? There are people in the cannabis industry that um, are worried about the falling prices of cannabis, and the the. They're making less profit because the profits, the prices are falling, and they did not want it raised to the 10%. Um, the The primary argument for that was Don Ortiz leg. The primary person asking not to raise it was uh, Debbie Arnold. And there were at times that the two people fighting for the cannabis industry were Don Ortiz leg and John Pichon. Interesting. Um, and what was John Pichon? justifying uh, his yes vote with he has he has supported the cannabis industry for years um, in some ways and he was at one point i think he voted for a four or a five percent they were discussing bringing the ordinance back with major changes and so they were voting what they wanted staff to come back with to make changes and it was to lower it don at first wanted it no tax and then they talked four five um they finally agreed on lowering it to six at another meeting and changing the ordinance. Uh, that, because they have to redo the ordinance, right? Yes. And um, I bet nobody uh, mentioned that uh, tobacco is taxed at 44%, did they? No, they did not. The, uh, <clears throat> and nobody mentioned that uh, tobacco provides uh, the lungs with smaller amounts of carcinogens than cannabis. No, and the, one of the things that the industry in cannabis has been very effective is calling it medicine. They claim that this is a medicine. You know, it relaxes people. It, you know, there are things that relax you that are not I'm, good for you. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Um, the uh, well, I, I wanted to wrap that up. The uh, you had another very uh, significant story here. I thought about. Uh, the hacking of the San Luis Obispo County educators at the uh, at the uh, Board of Education. Uh, what what happened on that? 
and this one's a tough one because they're being very closed. They don't they don't want the public um, they don't want to say what's happening. They've told me they're going to call me back, answer my questions, and they don't. Um, but what happened is on June twelfth, they found out that the um, who found out the uh, San Luis Obispo County uh, Board of Education found out that their computers had been hacked. Mm-hmm. There was a point all the website their website was down. I heard from one person who told me from one school district. I'm not going to say who that they believed it was uh, one of the ransomwares, that there was a possibility there was going to be trouble with pay, uh, payroll, and that this was a huge issue. Then I called another district, and none of the uh, people on their board knew about it. I called another district, and they had been forwarded um, an email from the uh, superintendent, Brescia, uh, saying that law enforcement was involved and that they weren't sure the full extent at this point and how many people had been impacted, but that all staff at all um, schools, public schools in the county need to start watching their financial data for problems and that they will help them if they want them to have someone else also monitor their data to protect them. Well, their financial data, you mean their uh, their bank accounts? Bank, any, any Probably social security number, bank accounts. There's a lot in the record of a school teacher. Uh, was this was this hacking coming out of uh, Russia? Now that I was not able to get that question answered, but there has been mm-hmm. a huge amount of schools nationwide that have been under a cyber attack with a ransomware from Russia. So there's a possibility, but I can't get the question a- answered. And I will tell you, I got different information from almost every school district. So it's hard to tell. The Board of Education would not respond to questions, and the school districts all had a little different variation on what was happening. Uh, did you get the impression that all of the school districts had been notified, but but they they were in the dark too? All, all of the um, staff had been notified because they legally had to notify them. Mm-hmm. But then um, there were public officials, there were board, school board members that weren't notified at some school districts and who were notified at other school districts. Oh my, that, uh, <clears throat> that's interesting. The, you you uh, sort of assume that the board would be notified by uh, a superintendent of a school district. I spoke with people at three districts and they all had different information about what was happening. <laughs> and I think that's why transparency is so important. Mm-hmm. There were just basic questions. Do you know where it's coming from? Is it possible that it's part of the nationwide Russian ransomware attack? Have they asked you for money? Just those basic questions. And I called multiple times, and they kept telling me, oh, they're going to call you right back. So your, <laughs> what, what would your advice be to a teacher in a school district in San Luis Obispo right now? I would contact them and say, I want you to watch my financial data. Because I think teachers are very busy. Many of them have plans for the summer. They have the ability to ask the, the um, Board of Education is offered. We will have people watch your data. I would go for it if I was a teacher. In fact, many of the teachers are already on summer uh, break, aren't they? Yes. So the uh, <clears throat> are, are you going to cycle back and uh, follow up on this story? Oh, absolutely. They, they have plans to give more information out, I think, today. Oh, well, stay tuned, folks. You're going to want to uh, log into Calcos News, and maybe we'll have an update for you here at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. 
on this story. Now, you also had a story, uh, I know this wasn't your story, but uh, Josh Friedman, uh, just on June 22nd, had a story about uh, the San Luis Obispo City Council being approached by students from Cal Poly demanding rent control. Yes, I found that very interesting. And um, the other thing that's in this article, and again, Josh Josh wrote this, was that there is a serious problem with issues at rentals that the city is not taking care of. And in the past, I thought the city was pretty aggressive on rentals that have mold and problems at rentals. I was surprised to hear the students complaining about dangerous situations in the rentals. Mm-hmm. That, that's, uh, in fact, Cal Poly, I believe, has a um, uh, renter assistance program that will help uh, students who are in rentals that are substandard uh, figure out what they can do about that. But uh, So I, I was kind of surprised to see this story, too. The, the uh, story seems to be focused on rent control, but it... Uh, looks like the complaints have more to do with substandard uh, conditions. Absolutely. And one of the other things about the rent control, the state of California no longer, I think it's a 5% rent increase per year. But what happened when this was coming around, rents went up about 35% over a two-year period of time. And um, Well, I can I, tell you why that is, is because the new statute came in and said uh, they can only go up five percent so every landlord said wait a minute i haven't raised my rent in a long time and they all started raising their rents right before that went into effect and part of the issue now i've, I've spoken to two brokers about mm. this recently rents are sky high to the point where many people can't pay them and they believe that within the next six months to a year there's going to be a correction because there are a lot of rentals on the market that have been there since march and they can't get the prices they're asking. The other issue is, in hmm. 2022, according to the federal government, our county lost, I think it was um, 1,500 people, less population-wise. Population yeah. Well, at the same time, gaining approximately 1,000 rental units. Folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're having a discussion with senior investigative reporter, Karen Veely of Calcos News. Stay tuned right after this break. 